And now for something completely machinima. is Dimitri. I was wondering about the thousand dollars. I have many Grand Theft Auto 5 machinima with headshots and crazy driving, you know, and two pedestrians. <laughs> so, uh, do you pay a thousand per video? Because I make a lot of these things and they're just like, you know, say, they're crazy violent, but you know, they're funny. You know, kick ass kind of thing. No sex, though. You can make those if you like for your pimp guys, you know, because there's a lot of nude mods for GTA 5, you know. <laughs> can you pay fast? Because, well, you know, money's good and uh, the most best for me here, you know. And, uh, well, that's it. This is Dimitri. Uh, address is smashface at billq.ru. Billq.ru. Hey, I make good machine shit, you know, and this is perfect for me. It's perfect. So have a great day. All right. And thank you for that call, Dimitri. We welcome any calls, any contacts. Phil will be talking a little bit about uh, uh, viewer feedback later. Uh, we'll be sure to get that message to the Machinima pimp people that get your question answered. This is, and now for something completely Machinima, we're happy to be here with my excellent friends and co-hosts, Tracy Harwood. Hi. Damien Valentine. Hello there. And Mr. Phil Rice. Yellow. Phil, I want to thank you very much and congratulate you on doing such an excellent job on episode two. Um, I thought I had worked really hard on the first episode, but my God, you really knocked that one out of the park. Thanks for all that hard work on it. Thank you. Yeah, a yeah. lot of fun. Excellent work. So we're going to be uh, mixing it up this time a little bit. Uh, rather than have a very long podcast with uh, our news, our films, and our discussion and interview, we're going to break it up into separate uh, podcast sections. This podcast is going to be focused primarily on news, and then we're going to release a week later our discussion on films, uh, along with the interview with uh, uh, Slavo Strangevich, the artist famous, uh, previously known as M. Strange. And then we're going to have the third podcast, uh, which is our group discussion. And then we've got some other fun interviews uh, lined up for you in the future as well. So let's get started with the uh, Machinima News. And what we're doing is we're looking at news items that we think are relevant to machinima filmmakers and real-time media creators and VR. So some of these are just going to be simply announcements and others are going to be uh, items that we discuss. And uh, you'll, you'll figure that out as we go along. So getting started, I came across a really interesting YouTube collection of all the Half-Life 2 sounds uh, at YouTube, which you can download. Long ago, people... Uh, 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 modded that uh, Half-Life and they made it available, but I hadn't seen it on YouTube. And there were some really interesting sounds on there. Um, here's one. Uh, 
Attention, you have been charged with 27 attempted crimes. Morning, citizens. I'm going to do voluntary conscription for general public service detail T94-3 there's some great stuff. You get the all the Overwatch, all of the dialogue, all of the music, all of the sound effects. It's really terrific. I like it a lot. And then also, Tracy pointed out the Fiverr's International VR Film Festival, which is coming up. Um, VR, now that the equipment has actually gone down to a uh, more affordable amount, there's going to be a lot more people making film festivals. This looks really interesting. We'll provide the link in our show notes. And then also Cineguru has made an in-game cinematics uh, application uh, for GameGuru. Now, GameGuru is a uh, sort of Steam-like company that releases a variety of games. And what they've done is they've sort of taken a chapter from NVIDIA's Omniverse and are making a in-game cinematics or machinima tool for the games that are released in GameGuru. It looks pretty good. I like the way it's laid out. It's got some excellent tools for animation and lip sync. Um, I'm not sure it's still in development game guru and they only have a few games. If they do really well in the future, I think uh, this might be an interesting way to create machinima. Check the link in the uh, show notes. Also Microsoft, Microsoft mesh uh, is now a, uh, a way to work together in mixed reality and VR. It's a way of doing meetings, um, since so many people, because of the COVID uh, uh, plague, have all gone to online connection, connecting, Microsoft has made it easier for people to do meetings using uh, mixed reality or virtual reality. So say, for example, if you bring up, uh, rather than just showing a graph of a table, you can act of a, of a uh, information data table, you can actually show the real data in real time. Or if you want to show a model, you can show the model in mixed reality or in VR. This looks to be like a very interesting way to connect with people, possibly a way to collaborate in machinima production. We'll see. Also, the Milan Machinima Festival starts next week from March 15th to the 21st. Now, the Milan Machinima Festival is really focused on high art machinima, some of which is unscrutable, but some of it is very interesting, and I'm looking forward to attending it uh, next week, and I'll give you a report on what happens and the the machinima that's uh, produced and the panels, uh, all of it's online, and it's free as well, so if you want to go, take a look. Oh, yeah, the Houdini engine is now free for commercial use in Unity and Unreal. Now, for those of you who don't know who what Houdini is, Houdini is a long-term um, 3D application that is node-based. Now, they were doing node-based uh, creative tools long before anybody uh, started bringing node um uh, workflow into any other applications. In fact, they, they spawned it. And they've become extremely uh, uh, used in Hollywood film production, high-end high VFX production, because the node-based workflow uh, is so specific, you can go in and take out two nodes and put in two other nodes in order to adjust it uh, to to change it, and it's 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 just a much easier way to work. However, the learning curve on node-based stuff is just like Mount Everest. It's really really hard to get through it. I spent a year working with uh, Houdini, and I had a, a real hard time mastering it. However, the the benefit of this is that you can take that workflow and plug it into Unreal or Unity, and it will allow you to have 
greater control and beautiful renders in uh, in each of those game machines. So, and they've made it free as well. So that's got a significant update for those people who are real uh, mod nerds and who don't have a problem with uh, learning a node-based architecture. Hey, Ricky, at risk of betraying just how dumb I am with regard to 3D, is there any way to clarify for maybe other people out there who, who like me, uh, don't know specifically what you mean by node-based? Okay, uh, sure, of course. Um, a node represents a certain function or action that occurs in a 3D application. So for example, I want to create a box. So you're modeling. So you use a node that says box. Now, in order to alter that box, you use a second node that says, I want to make this box um, 10 feet high, 4 feet wide, and 2 feet deep. That You add that node to the first node, and that changes it then. Then you want to add a material node. So you go to the third node, and that node allows you to add the material to it, and on and on and on. So what you do is you have a chain of actions. Think of it this way. You know when you go through a, a 3D application and you're modeling something or, you're, or you have a workflow? Each phase of that workflow you would consider as a node. So rather than making it all one thing, you, uh, Houdini breaks, it, breaks them down into separate chunks. Now, that makes it easier for especially VFX people who have to change things all the time. Because if you did it as a regular workflow, you might actually have to go back to the beginning and start all over in order to get the change that somebody wants. Like, say, a, an executive producer says, no, no, we can't have the blue in that that smoke, uh, I want red in that smoke. And I'm, if you don't get it done, and you're going to get fired. So rather than having to go back and redo big sections of it with a node-based architecture, you just go back and substitute one node. Hmm. Makes it much easier to work. Uh, however, it's just really hard to wrap your mind around a node-based workflow. Like I said, I spent almost a year on it, and I did manage to make some stupid boxes <laughs> and put and animate them and put some materials on them, but, but that's pretty much about it. When, when can we and expect it, the release on that, Ricky? <laughs> still working uh, like, on the sound design part? or uh... Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's one of my lifetime projects. Maybe I'll put it on my headstone, you know, which... <laughs> Push the button and it comes up. So uh, Thank a couple you for things. Explaining that I appreciate it. I I still do not at all understand it, but it's not a. F that's no flaw in your explanation. Yeah. I just it's it's a different paradigm. Uh, yeah, probably something that I would understand better by actually getting in there and doing it. But I'll be honest with you. I think so. I'm, I'm it's one of those things. Not going to do that. So I don't I don't think uh, a an uh, an uh, vocal explanation of yeah. it really does it justice. I'm you sure. have to look at see how it works out. There's lots of really interesting YouTube uh, explanations of node-based. I'll make okay. a note to Yeah, maybe we can link, link some of those in our show notes. Yeah. And then uh, before we get into the discussion, I want to talk about a few interesting game releases that are coming out. Um, the PC game Sunlight is a really interesting game that's coming out in 2021 in which players explore an atmospheric and uh, forest as the story unfolds through a voiceover from trees. The visual look of it is excellent. It's an open world. Might be an interesting thing for uh, machinima producers. Also, there's another interesting uh, game called Medium, 
which I like a lot. And it is a, a, a supernatural game about a person who's a medium. And at points in the game, there's a split screen that shows real life and then life in the other world. It's an open world game and mods are starting to show up on Nexus. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I think something can be done in it, even if it's only photography. It is just a beautiful game. And then also I'm really happy to see that uh, there's a great indie game 2021 roundup on YouTube, which I like a lot, which we'll um, uh, link to in the show notes. A, a game that's been in development that I just love and I can't wait to play it is called Death Trash. It's a pixelated top-down game. I know, I know. I just love that title. It, it's a pixelated top-down uh, game that looks amazing and very strange. Um, I'll, maybe we'll put the uh, trailer to it in our uh, blog. And then also uh, one of the top games that everybody's looking for is Sable. It's a 2D uh, Mobius-looking open-worlder uh, that's science fiction-focused. Uh, I love the look of this. I think there are going to be some mod tools that are coming up for us. And then also I'd like to uh, recommend uh, a great, just absolutely great 2D animated series on Netflix called City of Ghosts. It combines 3D photographs of Los Angeles with 2D characters. And it's by Elizabeth Ito. She worked um, exclusively on Adventure Time. So anybody who knows Adventure Time will know it's a wild, rollicking, but fun uh, series. This series explores various Los Angeles neighborhoods. Her goal is to sort of get people to realize Los Angeles is more than just the sort of cliched notion that people have of it. She explores Koreatown. She talks about... Uh, various sections of uh, L.A. that you don't hear about. And one of the things that they do, which I think is a real inspiration for machinima filmmakers, is the people that it, ostensibly the story is about three kids who put together a ghost squad and they go out and they try to find ghosts in the city and then they interview the ghosts. Now, the ghosts are unlike any ghosts you've ever seen before. They're absolutely wonderfully rendered. And what they've done is they've gone out and they've actually found non-actor people to come in and tell their story a la documentary style. And what they do is that they shape the look of the character to, to look like the person who's talking and it's improvised script, which means they're not writing out all of that script. So the quality of those uh, of the dialogue and the stories that they tell are so rich and combine combining that with a 2d and the 3d background i highly recommend the series even though it isn't machinima it's a great inspiration for how to put together unusual and interesting um, interesting things we'll make sure we put that up in the show notes so um what I want to do is uh, close out my part of it with talking about the news item that I've got, which is a comprehensive introduction to cyberpunk modding and VR streaming, excuse me, uh, cyberpunk modding at nexusmods.com. Nexus Mods is a great site for learning about modding in games. Machinima came out of a modding community. Um, in fact, that's the only way you could actually do Machinima initially was through uh, recams, which was, you know, go and quake and uh, uh, record the all of the physical movements of everything and then go in and recamera it. Uh, uh, character becomes the camera and then they can follow it. Phil, you did some really interesting early recams in which you did matches between 
um, uh, various uh, PC gamers, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the one of them that probably was the best known at the time, but uh, there was a match, a competition match between Dennis Fong. He went by the, the gamer tag uh, Thresh. He was at the time considered arguably the world's best Quake player. He's the one who actually played Quake in a tournament against John Carmack, creator of Quake, and beat him in it and won from him his Ferrari. Uh, so this was this match was going to be the first time that he would be uh, playing Quake 2, the new version. And Planet Quake, which was the, the kind of community around that at the time, recorded the demo match of from, from both perspectives. But the demo, the, the mod that they were using for recording it broke. And so they had this demo with all the data of the entities moving, but you couldn't watch. It was unwatchable. Like the camera didn't point where it was supposed to and didn't follow the characters. And I just happened to hear about it because I wanted to see that really bad. And so I, they, I basically got in touch with them and got the demo and over a weekend recammed it to where you could actually see what was happening and then released it. And that kind of it's a goofy thing to say about something that's not ever really earned me a dime, but it launched my career, so to speak. Mm. Um, it had, I don't know, thousands of downloads. That wasn't because of me. It was because of who was in it. But yeah, that's what got started me in, in recamming. And from there it became, well, let's, let's look at this match from a different perspective than just through the eyes of the character. Let's get some third party views and stuff. So uh, yeah, I remember watching that. I remember watching that. I had no idea you're the one that fixed it. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> hearing it about how it had broken. Yeah, it was 1998. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was really great. I enjoyed it. It was one of my first introductions to Machinima, and uh, I just thought it was marvelous. And you couldn't have done that without modding community. Early in Machinima, the modding community was were also Machinima filmmakers. Now, after the uh, debacle of Machinima Inc., that whole notion of modding, for machinima sort of slid away into the into the ether. Well, I think uh, um, I think it's coming back. And this cyberpunk modding introduction, I think, is really good. Cyberpunk is a broken game, but it still has a lot to offer. This um, introduction is not only a written introduction, but there's lots of videos that are included on it at Nexus Mods. I also noticed that there were some mods coming out for some of the games that I had an medium that I had announced earlier. There are three or four mods for that. For example, there was somebody that thought that the uh, contrast in the game was too low and they wanted to make it a little bit brighter. And so they created a shader and they brightened it up. If you want to brighten up the game, you download this mod, you put it in your game directory and bingo, you've got a slightly brighter game. So I'm really happy to see that. Also, if you're interested in doing Machinima, in uh, uh, cyberpunk, um, I would recommend checking out this uh, uh, this uh, course, uh, this introduction. It's really good, and also other interesting mods there. All right, Tracy, I think you've got something interesting that you'd like to talk about. Well, yes, um, some really exciting news from some uh, some stuff that I've been working on for a really long time. I'm really pleased to say that the book that Ben Grassian and I have written on the pioneers in machinima is now available for pre-order. Yay! Yay. Um, I, I know months yes. and years of work have gone into that. There's 
I think between Ben and I, we've got about 25 years worth of endeavor uh, invested in that in the book. Wow. Um, which is a, it's a huge amount of work. It's, uh, you know, it's telling some of the, um, the, the very early stories ab- about the pioneers in machinima. And apparently the first copy of it has already been ordered by um, a gentleman named uh, Reese Watkins. Now, I, I don't know if any of you have got really long memories on this one, but Reese was one of the creators of the machinima series that spoofed fan behaviors of Rooster Teeth's Red versus Blue. <laughs> made in Halo and it was called sponsors versus freeloaders which ran between 2004 and 2006 at least i think uh or we think and then i think that reese is the first one to have ordered it um it was him that let us know that the the, the book was available to order in fact so thank you reese i appreciate that thank um, you absolutely it's it's um I, I have to say it's somewhat ironic i think looking back at the series now that um, given that Rooster Teeth have now monetized their content um, and all but abandoned Machinima, um, it, it, it's kind of ironic that um, Reese has um, Reese has been um, uh, investing in in this in this book. Um, uh, but I think what's kind of interesting is the way that Rooster Teeth. And the reason I mention it is because we've got a chapter on Rooster Teeth in the book, um, which is where Reese's contribution um, is also in there. Um, uh, and it's somewhat ironic that Red Red versus Blue is now in Fortnite, um, which is very reminiscent of the original um, Blood Gulch series. Um, so they've got this um, creative map in there that they've just put in there. Um, suffice to say, we missed that in our book. It was a little detail that came out after we finished writing it. Um, but the story of Rooster Teeth and the backstory to Red versus Blue is something that we've written in quite some detail in there. There's quite a big chapter on there, in the book on, on it. And um, there's a whole load of other stuff in there as well. But, um, yeah, it's great. I'm really pleased that uh, it's finally published. You did a fantastic job. I got an advanced copy of it. And um, uh, I was I, I was sort of rushed. Uh, I wasn't able to read it word for word the entire thing. But there were four chapters I read completely, two that I read twice, including the Rooster Teeth chapter and then the Hugh Hancock chapter on machinima.com. And I just thought they were fascinating. You know, I, I sort of pride myself on my knowledge of machinima history and I was, you were schooling me. I just didn't, I had no idea that some of those things, especially with Rooster Teeth, it was just amazing. And I thought your uh, complete, your mastery of all of the details was uh, excellent. And also your quoting there's extensive quoting of people in it, which I, I think is really great. It adds a kind of veracity to it, and it lessens that impression, well, this is how I think this history is. It, it's much more objective, and I really, really like that a lot. It's a Thank great you. book. I can't Thank wait. You. I'm going to be the second person in line to do a pre-order on it. <laughs> Thanks Just very great. much for that. Appreciate that. I mean, one of the things that we really set out to do with it was to tell the story from the, you know, the original people's perspectives, obviously, you know, we didn't get a chance really to do that because Hugh had already passed away. But we tried to reflect the, the you know, the voices of people that were really involved in those early days through the lens of a couple of, uh, you know, key uh, endpoints or inflections into it. So, you know, machinima.com, the website, the original part of it, and then the way it was taken over and what happened to the community was was one aspect of it. The Rooster Teeth story, which is a really interesting story because, you know, they never came out of the same 
place that a lot of the the machinima community did. Um, so we tried to tell that story. Needless to say, they themselves wouldn't speak to us, but lots of folks would. Uh, and then a couple of other um, stories as well. The, um, the French democracy was one that we we looked oh, that was at a great extensively. Chapter, yeah, that was an excellent um, and chapter. Do you guys remember Peter Rasmussen as well? This um, the film oh, Stolen yes. Life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, we had we put a lot of effort into that one as well because that is a story that wasn't or hasn't really often been told, um, but was also very influential in some of the the um, you know the the ways that he worked uh, and um, the way that he uh, worked with the community in the very early days of it. Which I know Phil had a, a lot of involvement with with Peter. So did Hugh as far back as two thousand. I think you can go back with some of that story. Um, so yeah, I was really pleased with the way that it it came together, uh, and Ben's knowledge is totally encyclopedic. So it's great that we've got him on the podcast as well to tell us some of the the you know the huge amount of little anecdotes and stories that he's collected over the years, right from the very the very early days. So it's great fun to to work on a on a book where we were able to let the story. Uh, emerge and tell itself it's not really an academic book I didn't really write it as an academic book I wrote it as a an ethnographic kind of historical account of things that actually happened by the people that were involved in the story yeah even though it's an academic publisher it's not an academic read uh, absolutely tell tell me quickly what period of time do you cover that you consider pioneers from the earliest days of machinima to yeah well we we yeah, okay. So we started as far back as we could, um, 96-ish, uh, and Diary, before. Diary, Diary of a Camper. Diary of a Camper, absolutely. But a little bit before that too, because, you know, Diary of Camper, although it's, you know, badged as being the first example, isn't perhaps really the first example. You've got the whole demo scene that kind of came before it. Um, and, and then we kind of... we. We, we detail the story in, in a lot of detail up to the the formation really of YouTube. Um, and, you know, then we kind of skip big chunks of the way that the community evolved once Machinima Inc. Um, developed its um, network channel partnership strategy. Um, but we also wanted to bring it up to date a little bit. So we, we came right up to date as far as, I think we finished writing in November, September, October, November time. I think um, the the main chunks of the the the, the stories that we brought right up to date. Um, so that was with Rooster Teeth and also with Machinima Inc. Um, and the rest had contained periods of time. So uh, the French Democracy was primarily two thousand five, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. That, that kind of story unfolded and some of the impact of it was felt, well, you know, we, we, we talk a little bit about uh, how Sarkozy was uh, part, of the, part of the story in there. So we talk a little bit about politics in there and that took it up to, I don't know, 2012-ish. Um, and we, in, in terms of um, the Peter Rasmussen story, well, you know, um, Peter very sadly died in 2007 um, and, you know, we talk a little bit about the impact of his legacy, really, which took that story up to almost to, to present day, actually, because that's that's kicked off a whole um, 
you know, a whole uh, way of thinking about filmmaking in Australia that's um, that's still going on today, and there's still people working in machinima as a, um, as a as a consequence of that too. So we try and bring it up to date, although you know, obviously, machinima story and the way that it's evolved in the many strands of it is is huge and vast. Um, we could not possibly hope to do everybody justice in it, which was the real shame yeah. of it. We've, we've definitely got other books, I think, if we can figure out how to write them. Yes, well, and find I hope a publisher. you do because they're just terrific. I Thank really, you. really enjoyed that book. I can't wait to sit down and do a, a thorough read all the way through it from beginning to end because I think the cumulative effect of the book is very would be a very interesting thing to experience. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we did as we were researching it, it, it there was we wrote an, a, an alternative beginning of Machinima, which you know I think will be intriguing to a lot of people but it's very clear that machinima was also emerging as a as a creative form outside of the community with um, people trying to figure out how to monetize what the interest yeah. in it might have been that from as early as the 90s um, which, yeah which that was is, a theme that I really liked in the book that kind of that that sugenerous in a community and then the sort of slow discovery by the larger uh, commercial world of its money-making possibilities and that effect on the community um, that it began with. I thought you covered that brilliantly. And it's something that has been on my mind quite a bit because I actually left the community because of the debacle at machinima.com. And yeah. it was fascinating. And I, and I just paid no attention to it. So it was fascinating for me to learn that interim that I, I paid no attention uh, to the, the commercial world, how its involvement uh, in it. And the uh, Ben pointed this out in his interview. In fact, it might be good to include Ben's interview in this particular episode, I think. I think we'll do that. But he pointed out one of the things that he liked a lot was that he made me understand is that even though I'm apprehensive and uh, annoyed at the way the Machinima community was handled, there was a, still another community of Machinima creators that were created at Machinima Inc. who benefited from all of that to, mm -hmm. to an extent because they were given jobs, they were able to create stuff. I was looking at the uh, a site the other day where they, you describe your own, uh, what your job is like. And there were quite a few people on Machinima Inc.'s thing that says, well, I really liked working there. It was really friendly. If you had an idea, you could bring it to people and they would all discuss it. And um, um, and and you could realize it together, and it made me think. Well, yeah, that 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 probably happened to those people. And even though we parody them with our satires and everything, there was a certain amount of good in the community that they created. Um, and I think you managed to capture some of that in the book, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Of course, Damien and Phil haven't really seen the book, so apologies for that. Well, that's okay. I mean, we'll just. <laughs> get them free copies and send it to them and they can delay their comments till later. <laughs> <laughs> I do well, one thing reading I, it. Yes. It's really excellent. Um, terrible cover though. That I don't publishers. <laughs> <laughs> your publisher should have just given it to me, man. I could have made a better cover than they came up with. Well, it's just, it's one of those academic covers. It just drives me crazy because people who shop by cover are going to look at it and go, well, I'm not going to read that. That's academic. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna kick me for saying this, but it was the cover 
of the brochure that I put together for the 2007 European Machinima Festival. Uh-oh. Yeah, I recognize <laughs> I, I, I stepped in that one, didn't I? You oh. did. <laughs> I apologize. Not a problem. <laughs> Still hate the cover, but I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I wanted to mention to you um, that when I, I mentioned the Diary of a Camper, mm-hmm. um, I rewatched that recently on archive.org, which has a, you, you mentioned this in the book, which is what led me to it originally, but they have a well over 200 films, machinima films in a, a, a machinima collection at archive.org that goes yeah. back to 1996 all the way up to 2018, although quite a few of the last three or four years are just promotional crap, but you can get a lot of classics. They have, for example, they have most of the films that uh, were created by uh, Michelle Pettit, me and the Britannica dreams production, including the snow witch, uh, which is mm. a fantastic film. So if you're looking for a central archive where there's lots of machinima films, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes to archive.org. And, and I think you'll find it, uh, Hours of fun, as they say in the toy world. Hours and hours of fun. I'm, I'm thinking you can still upload content to that archive as well. It's an internet archive project um, that's being run out of Stanford University, isn't it? Right. I think, I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah. Run, managed by Henry Lowood? Mm-hmm. Is, is that correct? Yes, that's, yeah, right. that's right. So any uh, films um, that have historical uh, interest can be uploaded there. If you still, you know, the, the, the trouble is, where are they still uh, in existence? Because most yeah. folks didn't didn't keep them. So, however, the nice thing is Ben did quite a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we could just ask Ben whether he can upload a, a copy of any of the old films that we we all identify. Yeah, we'll have to check with him. Maybe we could get him to do some of the um, archive.org uploads because, like I said, the last couple of years are promos. Uh, apparently Henry is not uh, monitoring it carefully because some of them are obviously not of historical significance. They're just mm. promotional videos for whatever. They're good, but uh, just worthless junk. All right. That's uh, the news that I have. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Damien, Phil, sorry to leave you out of this conversation so much <laughs> this time. I believe Phil had something he wanted to talk about. Oh, that's right. At the end, he wanted to talk about uh, um, people getting in contact with us yeah, and the yeah. viewer feedback. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. We um, each each episode we we try to uh, prominently call attention to the fact that we really value your feedback, you the listeners. Uh, we want to know what you think of what we're doing uh, and what you'd like to hear about, or if you have a question that you'd like us to wrestle with or, or uh, discuss on air. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Now, we we haven't gotten no feedback by any means. Um, we've heard from uh, a few different artists and filmmakers. Um, here's here's just a few. Just and basically, I'm mentioning you here. This isn't the only mention that you may get. Uh, this is just to let you know to kind of acknowledge. Hey, we've received your contact. We may end up discussing uh, you or your work later on the air, or also watch our blog. If you don't know, we've got a blog where uh, Ricky and I and Tracy and all of us at some point uh, contribute. Uh, um, articles there. So um, uh, we got contact from uh, Peter Blood, who's been making Machinima in uh, Napoleon Total War. I'm 
honestly, I just have not had time to look at that yet, Peter, but we did get your your message and uh, forward it around amongst ourselves. So we will be getting to you. Uh, another filmmaker, Alexo, who has been uh, apparently doing an independent machinima show for 13 years, Woo-wee. which has like immediately like sent, I heard like pages rustling on Tracy's microphone of just trying to figure <laughs> out where does that fall in the history? Is that the <laughs> longest thing ever running? You know, just that yeah. thing. So you definitely got our, inter- uh, got our attention and we're going to be taking a look at that. We heard from a visual artist who goes, uh, her artist name that she goes by is Tizzy Canucci. Um, and she actually met Tracy at one of the film festivals, uh, Machinima Film Festivals years ago. So we're interested in exploring uh, and, and looking into that. Um, as far as on the uh, on some of the Facebook places, places uh, excuse me, Facebook places where we post our content, uh, the most notable feedback that comes to my mind, and I don't know about you guys, is, is Evan Ryan, uh, who we actually mentioned uh, one of his films, I believe, in the very first episode, uh, talked about... Uh, the film he made with Nightmare Puppeteer. Uh, but he gave, I mean, he just went above and beyond uh, in terms of detail on his feedback. And that, I mean, that's exactly what we're looking for, you know, is, is what are you liking? What are you not liking with what we do? And uh, I really appreciate your support, Evan. Evan's a friend of mine, a friend of the show. Um, but I, he, he's one thing you can count on him to be is honest. And uh, I just really appreciate that, the frankness that it's, when I get feedback from him, I know, He's not just, you know, patting me on the back to make me feel better or whatever. He's going to tell me, hey, this is great. And hey, actually, a film that I released last year, he says, I hate it. I don't like it at all. So, and I love that. I love that. So, anyway, we would love to have more feedback and it doesn't have to be lengthy. uh, But we're really looking for ideas and, and looking for an indication of what you like on the podcast in terms of, you know, the duration of the episodes and what we talk about and, Etc. How long Phil keeps running his mouth, you know, those kinds of things. Um, we have been getting some comments through the blog, and uh, I just wanted to give you some examples. And these are mainly just to illustrate that we really need to hear uh, from you and, and maybe a little bit less from, from these folks. Um, there's a, uh, the, the first comment, I've got five to go through real quick here. The first comment comes from someone by the name of Erotique. Uh, who says, very good blog article. Thanks again. Keep writing. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> would like a little more specifics, but that's fine. Uh, the next one we got was from someone named Bursa Escort, who says, everything is very open with a clear description of the issues. Yeah, I don't, I, thank you. Uh, we'll just we'll just go ahead and move on. Uh, Erotique comments again. Thank you very Ooh. much for the, for the twofer. Sorry for your loss, he said. <laughs> Remember, remember, guys, this is for all of us. Remember, always stopping during Girl Scout cookie time and trick-or-treating will be greatly missed. So ah, thank you, Erotique. Uh, thanks, we will, Erotique. We will be, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be tabling that for discussion. Yep. The next one comes from someone named Tampon Insertion Galleries, and it says, <laughs> uh, it says, I cut a movie into 10 parts and uploaded to YouTube. I only had uploaded two parts by the time I got a copyright notice. How can I upload movies without it getting deleted? Uh, leave it to tampon insertion galleries to actually have what seems like the formation of a legitimate question there. But it does sound maybe to me 
like you're trying to upload movies that you didn't make. Am I guessing that right? Um, so my advice would be stop that. Don't do that. You're getting stopped because the basically all the forces of the entire internet are aligned against keeping you from uploading other people's movies. So stop it. And finally, Escort Bayan. A lot of escorts here. Uh, this one, uh, it's it's got some substance here, some unusual words, so just hang in there. Sirloin meatball capicola salami jowl T-bone. <laughs> hamburger shank beef. Pork belly prosciutto tenderloin landager. So there you have it. We appreciate all of that feedback, but we'd love to hear uh, maybe some machinima-specific spe feedback uh, from sure. some actual... From some actual human beings would be awesome, no, have, and uh, we, we invite you to do that through uh, through the voicemail feature we have on our, our website through re reverb.chat. Uh, email, obviously. Uh, we have a Discord server, uh, which actually that's where Alexo came in and, and uh, gave his feedback. Any channel that you can reach us, please, for God's sake, please <laughs> save us. No more tampon insertion galleries. I can't take it. So please, if you could just. That name is like so disgusting. I'm like getting, I'm actually starting to get a little nauseous. Just, okay. So please, please help us. Please save us. Uh, some real feedback would be awesome. Thank you. I think that if tampon insertion galleries change their name, YouTube would accept their videos. That's the reason why they're being rejected. I mean, that somebody in India, some person intelligent uh, and viable person who's yeah maybe that's just a google them. translate error you think yeah uh, i was just thinking it yeah. could be a translation error couldn't it what would yeah. it be in real in real terms pokemon i'm not sure it's, it's anyway i think we should probably not venture into that this is a family show <laughs> probably not but, uh uh you know erotic escorts and yeah insertion galleries thank you but we'd thank like you. to hear from people well thank you very much for that phil um that was enlightening. So that's our news. <laughs> that's our news show. Um, our next podcast is going to be on our films of the week in which Phil, Ricky, Tracy, and Damien are going to share their films, uh, picks for the week. And we'll also have an interview with Slavo Strangevich, the artist formerly known as M.Dot Strange. And he also did cut a video uh, from that interview, which we'll share with you as well. So thank you very much for listening this, uh, this time. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Intro music was created by Phil Rice. Sound effects was from Valve's Half-Life 2 video. And closing music is the hip-hop beat by the OJT from freesound.org. Thank you for listening.